Welcome to another episode of the Sulimist Podcast. This is Kalu and right now my voice is shit. I was pretty sick all week, and while I've recovered from the majority of the sickness, I'm still trying to get my voice back. Anyway, this episode has the team going down the rabbit hole trying to understand the concept of levels. What does it mean when people say that there are levels to things? Are levels something we create to give the illusion that what we do and who we are is of importance? Maybe our idea of things having levels only extends as far as the levels we have within ourselves. We talk about things like Maslow's hierarchy of needs as well as other concepts and we make an attempt to show the connection to those concepts, and how we reach or prevent self-actualization. Again, my voice is total balls this episode so I sound pretty hoarse. Additionally, because I am irresponsible and should not be running a podcast, I forgot to configure two of the three microphones so it's a slight shit show audio-wise but we will make it better next episode. Enjoy. Our capacity, you guys have heard me say it that way, we don't have the capacity to care about that much stuff at one time, especially as you get older. What I'm trying to say is the way that you and your wife were discovering you felt, I think that's the way everybody felt every generation when they start to approach the mid thirties and forties. And I think that's the whole trick that, that people pulling the social strings are aware of. They know that I have to distract you For from the age years. of, yes, I have to distract you. Yes. When you I always refer to that famous picture of the whatever the march on the bridge with Martin Luther King, the elders in the front, and what's curious about that that picture is no one in that photo was like older than twenty six. The elders on the front were leading, you know, but but the point is, revolution happens when you have a certain amount of biological yep. energy available to you at a certain range. Everybody's wild yep. when they're a teen. That's why when I look at Antifa. In those crazy little protests they do where they club at each other. Yeah. I know what I'm looking at is young boys that didn't play in the woods like we did and get the risk out. assessment. Yeah, and they're just young and not and don't know what to do with the energy. But they, they took a lump of concrete upside their head from a rock yeah. fight with your yeah. homies. I yeah, did yeah, yeah. Rock fight. Yeah, rock fight. Yeah, rough and tumble <laughs> is important. You learn where it hurts. You learn what you can get away with. You learn you can pump somebody full clip in the stomach or in the thigh, and it's okay. But you, can't quite do that to the nose, you know? I just know we have a generation of, you know, teenagers and people in their early 20s who didn't have that. And sometimes, for that reason, I think it's nothing more than that. But at the same time, I think there's a macro, like, system, too, of, like, manipulating that balance that comes from, I don't know, biological impulses or biological imperatives or something. Yeah, 100%. Exactly what he was saying is what I was thinking the entire time, even before he went down that path. It's, well, it, it sounded like you were when yeah, you were talking it, about it earlier. It, it really, it, to me, it, it comes down to risk assessment whenever we're looking at, at things in those terms. And we like to romanticize every fucking element of things associated with human consciousness. Yeah. When in reality, it might just be as simple yeah. as an organism seeking yes. homeostasis and comfort, right? Yes. Okay, us uh, gray, right gray, gray squirrels. Yes. All right, check this out. This is good. I'm, I'm going to come out with some Kilborn esque bullshit here. Did you say here. gray squirrels? Yes, gray that's, squirrels. That's very Kilborn. Okay. <laughs> gray squirrels can lose if I'm not mistaken as much as like 25 to 30% of their brain mass during hibernation. Really? They can their body consumes yeah. 25 to 30%. Then that 25 to 30% is regrown essentially yeah, those yeah. all those connections everything 
is just reinvigorated and reestablished during spring, summer, fall. Yeah. Okay. What what are the implications of that, right? The big brain that a squirrel has, particularly gray squirrels. Gray squirrels amongst squirrels are known for being geniuses. They will they, they will steal pre- shit, man. They will steal shit. They will pretend to hide things. They will have fake caches of shit. They'll talk they shit take, to my dogs. They will. They'll like <laughs> look they'll like squirrel, yeah, squirrels squirrels are probably more intelligent animals yeah. than a, a dog is. Oh, and it, it. Uh, objectively, if you look at it on a one-to-one, yeah. if you look at dogs in terms of their EQ, they get yeah. the highest EQ of any animal because they mm-hmm. look at you in the face and they're like, oh, I know what he's thinking. Oh yeah, Squirrels can't do that. Chimps can't fucking do that. Yeah. But anyway, the implication is is that on this very, like, one, one se- within one season, this pruning of this enormous organ, yeah. this animal uses to Map out where it's got all its caches of shit hidden. Oh, yeah. Where it stores things, how it goes about doing all this shit. This big brain is energy expensive AF. So yep. it's figured out a way to prune it on a very profound level. Well, the same thing happens to the human brain. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't happen in one fucking season, right? Yeah. yeah. And it, it usually happens as a result. Again, it's not it's not because of scarcity. It's not for the sake of conservation. It's It's for the sake of comfort. Mm-hmm. That pruning naturally occurs if it's not necessary for the for the brain to be stimulated in such terms that oh I yeah see where if, you're if, going. if and that's why they say like if you're not if you don't use it you lose it yeah when you're talking yeah. about brain development and 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 functioning yeah. especially like in gerontology like yeah. studying older populations of people who who tends to do the best it's not the motherfuckers that's sitting around like a lump. Yeah. yeah, they out there ripping and running. This is ninety four year old that drives himself to and from the grocery store every day, and you're mm-hmm. like, God damn, you kicking way more ass than people this forty years younger than you yeah. are. Yeah, and it's because of that constant forced stimulation, right? Yeah, the pitfall as organisms that we fall into is trying to romanticize the shit, and really, it's as simple as the brain is seeking comfort, the body's mm-hmm. seeking comfort, it's pruning. It's it's making you as efficient for that particular environment that you've created, that you've fostered, you're nesting, you're doing what the fuck okay, ever. Yeah. So then risk then risk assessment plays in there as yeah. well. The the more that that occurs, the more your your scale regarding risk assessment starts tipping towards the it ain't worth it end of the spectrum. Whereas the population he's talking about, cats that's out here forming all these new brain connections and trying to figure out who they are or mm-hmm. what. What even what what constitutes reality? We have gotten to the point where we lightweight don't give a fuck. Yeah, hey, we're real. Like we, we can sit in here and enjoy the way that that, that our own voices sound and enjoy yeah. pick, picking each other's brains. But ultimately, as men in a middle thirties, fundamentally, I enjoy your voice, and hey, I'm so glad to have it back in my earlobes. Hey, man. and I, I'm <laughs> I'm glad to see so your you beautiful just, face, so you man. Just keep it's on been a rough. It's, it's been a rough couple of weeks, but to be quite honest with you, it, it's been good for me too, mm-hmm. because it's yeah, it's had me sitting around thinking like I hadn't had a chance to kind of check my own bullshit in a while. I was yeah. just kind of yeah, I, and yeah, just existing, oh, just yeah. just just saying shit. So. In this meantime, where I've been down and I've been thinking and doing all this, it's really allowed me to think less of less of myself. And I don't mean in that like a to denigrate my own yeah. self worth. Not I think in that I one. Know what you mean? It, it it's it's again 
to your point that you often make about the illusion of personal uniqueness and individuality when yeah. we're all part of the same one entity, right? Yeah. Personal efficacy <coughs> really, in my opinion, resides in making these really rudimentary acknowledgments that we are a just, a, a, not only organisms, just yeah. biomechanical sure. fucking entities, but part part of a larger organism that's yeah. part of a larger yeah. organism yeah uh and again we make all these convoluted things like well i'm going through a midlife crisis that's right a, motherfucker right. a midlife crisis is an is a w- weird way of saying it's the brain fighting against its proclivity yeah. Yeah. to want to go to that comfortable spot like that's right throwing up that white flag like no i'm cool with this that's i'm cool right. with this man i've been doing that to myself a little bit too because Sometimes when you, if you work that same observation backwards and ask how many of the perceived challenges I have each day or just today are due to the my idea of myself, man, there's oh, nothing left. Yeah. You have nothing to worry yeah, about if don't. there's no sense of Mark not getting his way or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. What is it? So, the Buddha talks about attachment being yeah, the root of all yeah. suffering or something? Yeah. 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 yeah we, so, we, we do a lot of creating problems for yeah. ourselves just to give ourselves a, a better um, if you want just to give ourselves a better sense of self, if that makes any sense. So I'm go like, back yeah. to levels. Yeah. So yes. we're on we're on levels. Yeah. So so with levels, what direction are you going with that? So well, I mean, this has kind of changed everything now because one of the th- one of the things that Mark had said was like, you know, in the in your first, let's say, thirty five years of life, uh-huh. there's there's a lot going on or. You, as you hit the, the end of those 35 years, you do start to, you've somewhat established yourself, if you want to call it that, and you just don't care about reaching those certain levels. It's like, there you were saying there's like a 30-year window, and you'd use the, yep. the, the, the Million Man March, I think, or maybe it was the March on D.C., or if you want to, like, whatever it was that... that portrait yes. of or that picture of Martin Luther King and all the people behind him everyone yeah, being march yeah everyone ground, being yeah. very yeah. young like yep. there are those people that are angry that are fired up about all this stuff going on mm-hmm. they're the same people I think I'm starting to think now they're those young people that were in the very back and I think that the uh-huh. the people leading that march uh-huh. are the older people who managed to be able to stay youthful, if that makes sense. Well, who managed to be able to build that, maybe, or maintain that mental elasticity and yeah. still roll with a lot of the other stuff. Exactly. I'm one of those people now that stay yeah. attached to young people, especially in the professional sphere. But I think it's all three things happening at once. What Chris just described, what you're opening us up to, mm-hmm. and, what I, and the connection I'm trying to make. Those old people are also in some ways out of touch because it seems like, the capacity issue is going on. I think Chris described it a little bit differently than capacity, but we we are so short-sighted that after about 40 years, we we have a hard time remembering. Yeah. It only takes a little bit more than a generation before we start to repeat ourselves socially. We're some strange creatures, you know what I mean? And so what, what I'm saying is those elders in the old image of that March on Birmingham or wherever it was, it's some famous bridge that yeah. came across. And it's a real famous picture. Like some people that were in that photo were still are still alive today. Yeah. So anyway, what what what's interesting is we have some equivalent of that today as well. And so you have to ask because we have enough information that we can call up 
from the internet. You can make comparisons. It's like, man, I think we were saying the same thing 35, 40 years ago yeah. about a different mm-hmm. subject. Yeah. So that tells us something. That one, there are some biological, I guess impulses is the word, that, that are um, influencing us fundamentally way more than we think. And we have not even novel, but varying expressions of that socially every few decades. But I don't think it changes all that much. So we need to sublimate those impulses and those biological imperatives. Then I think we can capture it. And like I always say, I think when a culture gets old enough, it finds mechanisms for doing that. Mechanisms for remembering, okay, we're calling y'all millennials right now, but we called y'all hipsters, just a, yeah. hippies just a few years ago. And before that, we called y'all, you know what I mean? Whatever. Yeah. Uh, zoot suit, right? People or something. You know what I mean? And we're like, oh, we see this pattern. A hip cat. Yeah, hip cat. yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, Miles Davis and them were that too. Yeah. They were shirt tucked in, you know, loafers, perfectly yeah. hemmed up in a you know, slacks, but they were breaking out. They were wilding out for their generation. The jazz was a real free form, you know, expression and everything like that. So they were, you know, like the way rock stars are today. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm losing our point, but levels to this shit, I think there are levels, but I think what we're observing when we see people expressing there's levels to this shit, we're observing, we're observing human beings being successful at creating those uh, fake little spheres of, importance and significance to all those impulses and then mm. getting a, a feedback to it. Especially when you mention rappers. You yeah. mentioned rappers. I think that's why. Because I think they're born into a circumstance that sort of forces them into certain things and they get to where they want to express that environment. Then they grow out of it. Jay-Z is a perfect example of it. Big boy. Big, big boy from Outkast yeah, too, they man. They grow up out of it. And you're like, and oh, then, okay. And their entire, so their right. entire voice changes. Who they are yeah. who they are on a track is an entirely different individual. Yeah, yeah. And so, you watch it unfold. Yeah, and yeah, it's not like, and, and it's not like we can't sit in this room. I can't sit in this room and be like, oh, you know, big boy from Outkast. What's his name? Uh, Antoine Patton. It's Antoine, yeah, it is Antoine something. Antoine Patton, I think, yeah. is his name. Uh, he sold out, man. You know, no, it it is just a natural motherfucking thing that transpires with individuals. I mean, he's oh, yeah. not some nineteen uh, year old. So it, it, I was running down the street, you, dungeon family, like yeah. running it like it's the fucking military, spitting rhymes and shit. He he's a successful businessman. He's yeah. more defined by that, I'm sure, at this point than he is by being a lyricist. Obviously. What about Kanye then? Kanye is mentally ill and unmedicated. Okay, that's I'm glad, that, that's I'm glad he I, found his way back. Though it looks like he's kind of finding his center again. What does that even mean for him? Because I don't know where that. Well, was. well, well, he has. Uh, I don't know the word. I almost said it, then I lost it. But he has an insatiable appetite for a, a large amount of attention. You know, because yeah. of I don't know to quell or match his creativity. And I think the religious sphere is a good place for that for him. I'm happy for Kanye. I want him to do good. I'm gonna always laugh and make fun of the silly stuff he does, but I just want him to make dope songs. I don't, I don't care about the egomania. Not right, that bothers me. And I just want him to be healthy and be safe. And that exactly. Yeah. And that's the way you got to look at it. If you start, if you start hyper scrutinizing an yeah. entity like Kanye West, you do a huge disservice to any of the issues that you're trying to make him the poster boy of. Because again, this yeah. this gentleman does joust with some mental mental health concerns pretty publicly and has been pretty public about the fact that he has been 
unmedicated pretty frequently throughout this process. Yeah. So it's it, it's one of those situations where when he's not doing well, I'm not like, fuck Kanye. I'm like, look, whoever's around him, the people in his life are not doing their job. Mm, like yeah. the, the the his I, I, and I hate to say handlers, but when that's that's what they are. Whenever you get to a certain level uh, socioeconomically, you end up with handlers. Mm-hmm. There's an entire group of people that are making sure that you're on track to some motherfucking yeah. degree. Which kind of makes our point too. It it, it shows how ill equipped we are mm-hmm. in our capacities to deal with certain degrees of um, indulgence of our egos, if you will. Like our ideas, to Chris's point earlier, they're so selfish and silly. When they grow to uh, a decent size, it becomes impossible to manage. I'll tell you an example about that, and I'll break off to something uh, more cogent to what we were already talking about. I was just watching Kevin Hart's little Netflix thing. He got a new series. Yeah, Elizabeth was watching that. Yeah, and it's just him chilling. I'm like, Kevin's right there on the edge. He's Mm -hmm. all he can do to maintain not being a full egomaniac because it's, it's interesting, but it's also boring. It's just like more of the same, you know, what I'm doing and how I do You're not doing anything special. And I get up at 4 a.m. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what I mean? You want to you want to mythologize and romanticize because it's successful, but it ain't nothing new anymore. We all know, you know, it's just somebody's turn all the time. You know, and it's just, he's on right now, but really he's not got any, any special sauce or something. Sure that he drinks in the morning that makes him sweat. He's not even the funniest. He's great entertaining, but he ain't like uh, O'Neal funny, Patrice O'Neal funny. He's yeah. not like Bill Burr funny, but he's just really charismatic and fun to watch hop around on stage and be silly, you know? Yeah. And that's interesting. I find that interesting. But um, when, you talk, when you talked about levels earlier and you mentioned people's capacity to explore a topic, and we can't, we can only do it so much. One thing that I was also watching recently that's a perfect example of that clue is when Ben Affleck was sort of <laughs> arguing with Sam Harris on Bill Maher's show. You no. a famous clip, but you can Google yeah, it. It's I'll, a famous I'll... clip where um, Sam Harris, and he's one of my favorite people to watch for the same reason, because he's a perfect example of that human hubris that I think Chris described really well earlier. Sam Harris is like on this whole trip about Islam and being critical of it and his right to be critical of it and how we are um, missing the opportunity to be critical of the bad idea that Islam is because we treat them as a minority in this part of the world and therefore they they get overly protected. But we need to criticize Islam as a part of fighting terrorism and things like that, just as we do it with warfare. And I'm of the mind that it's the same, it's your ego, I have this problem with some other public figures too, it's your ego manifesting in another way but it's all to satiate a particular impulse that you have like those kids i sent you a um video yes. link of my point in that video link is how if you listen to everyone's complaint or everyone's moralism everyone's noble position it's never anything outside of their own sensibilities yeah and that's so low level to me mm-hmm. you know the one guy wanted everyone to be quiet well, they wanted to be quiet yeah i'm like has- wow yeah so you make this whole idea this whole idea about sensory overload and safe spaces so that people will shut up so yeah. you can uh, so you cause really you cause selfish, problems to the entire group because it's human ego yeah. gone that's what it's what happens when we, we take ourselves too seriously and i feel the same way about aflac he's there he's the hollywood liberal you know mm-hmm. he's disgusted with sam harris talking about being critical of islam 
But to me, Sam Harris is that that got that Cronus complex crazy perspective where everything seems to result in a rationalization for bombing. For bombing. How do you have an IQ of $1.40 and you still end up with violence being your answer? I'm like, I think you just got an ape in you and it's just a really (laughs) smart one. You know what I mean? I think you just like, you have a propensity for violence. I hope I'm not butchering Chris's perspective, but I think like you have a propensity or a biological impulse and then the mind puts bullshit on top of it, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, to reach whatever, homeostasis. I think yeah, because it's a shortcut. Okay. It, it really... I think that's what it bro, is, man. It is. Because look, we how long have we been at, on this planet as a species? 200,000 200, plus years as yeah. modern human beings? Okay. That's been a winning fucking formula this entire time. It hadn't all of a sudden changed since we're in the information age. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're just exposed to the ability yeah. to sit there on yeah. media and express that yeah, shit right. in these very convoluted terms. But that's what right. you said, uh, yeah, IQ of a buck forty, but uh-huh. it's it's those basal apish yeah. propensities to want to let yeah. me let me eliminate the problem by killing I always it. Said that. I was just watching, and it's little, effective. Yeah, I was just watching a little Oppenheimer quote, and certain people. I am, the post, I am become yeah. death destroyer. Oh, yeah. pisses me out. But do you know what Vishnu was talking about? I don't know what he, everyone, I knew there's a lot more Everyone enjoys how metal yeah, that quote that sounds. sounds metal as fuck. Yeah, I am become death, destroyer of worlds. All Vishnu was trying to do was in, uh, uh, I get a mix up. Whoever's the bigger one, Krishna or Vishnu. I think Vishnu is the, the bigger one. Yeah, I think Krishna was trying to just impress him. Like, look, I just turned into the the embodiment of death. Let, let Turn me loose. Because uh, Vishnu was like, nah, man, enough war. And Krishna was like, man, I want to I want to do more war. It's funny because that's what the actual quote's about. They're, they're in the middle of that big epic. You know, the, the Bhagavad Gita is like a big epic, kind of like a poem. Mm-hmm. And um, and this is a big war that's going on. Arjuna and all them. You heard the sojourner of Arjuna and all that. It's all of all those mythical I mean, the, figures. In, there was a in podcast that, that I was listening to that was talking oh, about really? that whole story. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, I don't know it in detail, but I have that book at home. It's a long epic. It's like Alien Odyssey or something. It just goes on forever. And there's stories inside of the story. One of these stories is when he's trying to get like permission to, you know, hit the nuclear button. He's like, you know, I got, I want to use my full form mm-hmm. to do my thing since we're already in war. And this was like, nah, man, it's enough of that. We got to find a way to t- turn this down. And so he's like transforms in front of him in an effort to impress him and get permission to blow up more shit, mm-hmm. if you will. And that's the same impulse. It's like, I think you just want to use your nukes. I think you really want to use those missiles and sell some more missiles. Like, in all the rationalization that comes after it, Sam Harris, yeah. it's like, I don't think it has as much value. I think it, because the fundamental common denominator is sublime violence. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I can't detach my mind from. It's all, it's just violence every time. And it's the same expression of ego I suppose in the inverse when I say I would like to see us do superior sacrifice because I feel like it's unique to humans it is an indulgence of my own idea of myself to do that but I do think that it's it's no other creature can do it therefore that's what we should do you see what I mean superior sacrifice what I mean is Bert and Ernie can't help themselves if you throw down a nice peppered steak in front of them they can't. Clues dogs. There, there's yeah. some clues dogs. A pit bull and a golden. So both have a lot of 
things that we associate with their types, their their um, breed types, right? You can expect them. I think Goldens kind of come from the hunting lines, right? The kind of service dogs. Yeah, they're, uh, where do they come from? They retrieve, they're a water retrieval dog. Yeah. Okay. Soft mouth water retrieval. Yeah. So they would get like a duck or something? Yeah. 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 Okay. We have, I know they were a working that, yeah. dog. I know yeah. that I didn't know what their properties were. A few of his brothers, are... I think, are, are hunting. And then okay. golden right. retrievers are, are one of the backbones of service dogs as okay. well because they just, in their nature, like people get labs and goldens mixed up. Labs Man. are buck ass wild. Goldens are labs chill are as fuck. Yeah. yeah, labs are wild. And not to say there aren't some goldens out there that are buck wild, but okay. uh, yeah. but they That's tend to be a little bit more yeah. chill dogs. I think because of the availability of both of them, they do get mixed up. They do. I think until maybe I got older, I would have certainly thought of them the same too. They're very different. Yeah, morphologically, they're crazy very different. Labs. Hell I've known yes. I've never ran into a crazy golden, but I've known labs that get old and just kind of lose it. Mm-hmm. Oh like yeah, and they or, or they be old. young and they j- just chew a hole through yeah. your fucking wall yeah. or something. <laughs> My point was that um, that's a, those are two animals that you can observe easily how they have a limited capacity to control their impulses. Mm-hmm. Human beings, despite our impulses, it seems like we can go against them. So, which is a, one mean, of the objective measures yeah. of intelligence is impulse is it, control. Yes. Well, uh, objective in quotes. Yeah, yeah, and I think to your point, I think uh, it's 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 still you know human ego, but I just like I prefer that style over the other one because it can be rationalized both ways when you're at the quote unquote level of intellectualism that we intellectualism that we all are. We like we see it all for what it is. You know, there's gonna be a. You know, it's going to be both things in the world, but true. Well, and, and, you know, if we're talking about things in, in levels, like whenever you presented this entire topic to me, obviously my mind jumps to what Mark is more so talking about, the uh-huh. biological elements, that we are, we are, are our material selves. Yes. And now, again, we could go down the rabbit hole because I just read an article, it was one of the more shared articles of 2019 talking about the likelihood that, you know, in physics that we're actually in a computer simulation rather than being the mm-hmm. active physical entity itself. Mm-hmm. The likelihood that quantifiably that, yeah, quanti- ways, quantifiably on how you feel about and, theory. And, and and I won't go down that damn rabbit hole because it's it's yeah. it's kind of probably disinteresting to some people. Probably mm-hmm. a lot of this shit is disinteresting to some people. But the the point is is that I tried to deconstruct the shit. I tried to take away the the human element of it and look at it as us being, you know, I like to look at us like more like a protoplasm type shit. You know, we, we look at us under a microscope instead sure. of uh when you were presenting the idea of levels, I see the merit in in breaking things down in those terms to address uh social issues in terms of levels of understanding to address a human being in terms of who they are as a person or how they feel about themselves or how they manifest that, that, that individual or who they want to be breaking that down into levels. I see the utility of it. And I think that the idea that something that, that all of our, as humans levels of understanding are, are simultaneously, a social construct that is not native to ideas, and at the same time, one of the most human things imaginable. It is our very nature that causes us to ascribe these values of levels to things. And then at the same time, it is our nature that we're saying is 
is yep. really the factor that's at play and not these artificial levels that we've created. Yeah. Yep. If that makes any sense. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And, and, I know exactly what you mean. And to to that point, you know, we're talking about like social understanding, like like being able to to grasp a topic and confirmation bias along the way and things like that. I think if and I oftentimes I go back to Maslow's hierarchy of fucking needs, man, yeah. but you know, we, we usually, when we think about the hierarchy needs and we're talking about it on the podcast, we usually talk about our more fundamental needs, like, like the physical shit. And we don't even really, we don't go into, we, we hadn't sat here and just been like, okay, at the base of the pyramid, the hierarchy pyramid yeah. is physiological needs. Those have to be met. Food, water. Yeah. Yeah. Food, water, uh, clothing, reproductive things, mm-hmm. all of that shit. Safety is the next level. Security, feeling secure, uh, love and belonging is the next one. And again, there you start to get into some subjective psychology shit at yeah, this point. Yeah. But let's just go along for the ride on this. The next level, the second to highest point on the hierarchy of needs pyramid is esteem. Esteem, yeah. And with esteem, you've got things like respect, self-esteem, status, recognition, strength and freedom are the concepts that are associated with the concept that's right below self-actualization on the hierarchy of needs. No kidding. Yes. I've never all even of seen Maxwell's hierarchy Bruh, needs, although I've heard him articulate it a bunch. Isn't that, and, and to me, I think it's very telling that I think so too. In, in order, the, the one step below, you go through all of this hierarchy of needs yeah. shit and you get to the step right before self-actualization, which <clears throat> means desire to become the most that one can be. Mm-hmm. Which, again, is there's subjective elements to it, but it takes an objective assessment of oneself and looking inward. Introspection yeah, to do that. Why, that's why if I go back to my um, Affleck and Sam Harris sure. example, I think it's such a good example of what of tying both these things together. Tying, tying together the examination that we need to do that Chris just went through and the failure of ability to explore a topic that we observe that you just mentioned, Clue, that Ben Affleck's failing and Sam Harris is failing. But if they apply that that hierarchy, that pyramid or whatever it is to the subject, I think we can address it more wholesomely. And that's what I wish we would do more of because in the situation of Islam, before you go talking about rationalizing a way to blow someone up as a solution to something, which only satisfies your crazy impulse. Absolutely. Meet their needs fundamentally. I say that all the time when I describe the prison situation and when I describe the Middle East. Like, if if my fuckers ain't got running water and can't do They're not going to want to care about yeah, anything else. Yeah, that yeah, you yeah like a robust agriculture. You can't expect them to have the same perspective that we do over here sitting fat yeah. on the internet all day. Like, they still live like it's the Bronze Age. Sexually repressed a lot of yeah, times. Yeah, so... That, that's what I want to say when I criticize. At least by comparison, you know, we're yeah, we're right. over here like Dionysus type shit, like yeah. looking at porn anytime yeah. we want on our magic <laughs> devices. So yeah, and then the same thing happens. You take away a few things: what time I wake up and go to sleep, what time I eat, and what time I I have recreation. You take away just those three, and look how they act in prison. They mm-hmm. immediately turn to animals, sophisticated animals. They got some crazy systems of respect hey, it's and wild. commerce and stuff yeah. in prison. But they go nuts. And that shows how fragile, well, said another way, that shows how important that hierarchy of needs is. However you break it down, mm-hmm. whether you use 
Maslow's language or not. And that's what I find interesting about that, that examination of there being, being levels to things. Because there is, when you're in the hood, like the rappers you mentioned before, you act like a wild when you don't have resources and you don't have the way to get there. Then you get a little bit and you get out and then you're in Paris. You know what I mean? And you're yeah. like, you don't want to be bothered. It's so quick. We can transform so easily. I think we can codify that as human beings and we can we can make a machine, if you will. We can make a system that self-corrects a little better instead yeah. of waiting for us to kind of go off and letting something, you know, we got to hit our heads on something do socially you, or politically. Do you guys think that most people course. can even understand the levels of the things that they want to try and understand? Well, um, I think at each individual level, they certainly can, but taking in more than one at a time becomes impossibly difficult. Impossible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And but. and I, I wanted to kind of, whenever we're looking at things in terms of, you know, ascending to these levels and those levels having a great bearing upon one's perspective and their understanding of shit, you were talking about, okay, we got physiological needs being met at the bottom. Uh, and then right before you hit self-actualization, you've got esteem, uh, self-esteem, uh, personal regard, respect, strength, yeah. all that kinds of shit. I think as we ascend the levels, as we have our needs met, say, say, okay, we got the lights shut off, but we all work together. We get the lights cut off. Once we have achieved that point, and again, we don't have to use Maslow's framework specifically for this, but in order to make a, an, a reasonable trans, transition, an objective transition to the next level such that personal efficacy is going to be bolstered. We have to acknowledge that making that ascension to that next level is putting you in a relative position of privilege in relation to individuals who haven't ascended to that well level. Well said. Well said. Hmm. I don't know how you could possibly do that to keep it in everyone's mind, but man, that's well said. Um, I'm watching uh, the second season of You just hit. Yeah, yeah. And it's fantastic. I haven't started, have started season two. <laughs> Watch how I much they watched. say the word privilege in there. I'm like, really? wow, it almost messes stuff up. They say the word privilege so much, but at the same time, you're like, kudos to them for trying. Because, um, well, I don't want to spoil anything for you, but the environment's different. Yeah. And the environment that this show takes place in in, in second season. It's is, in like L.A. or some shit Well, like there that. you go. Well, you are yeah, in L.A. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know it's from New York was the first one. Watch how self-checking. Yeah. And it's annoying, hippie. It's people, fucking well, annoying well, seeing well, well, people well, self-check well, now. Right, but they're trying. They're trying Look. Um, to, 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 to Marcus's point when he was here on our last episode, but they're trying. And the guy's like, here I go, you know, with my privilege ass talking about this, but let me just say it. And what I like about that is that's human beings doing that beautiful thing we do. We start to laugh at ourselves. Yeah. We start to figure out a way to, and then you start to make, you start to normalize the speaking out about the imbalances or whatever. I think that's uniquely human. Yes. So that's why I like it. No I, think other I think it's great that. to, pe- to when see When the alpha do that. wolf male walks up, he, he he doesn't stop and laugh and like, here I go again, punking yeah. everybody. Look, y'all, we had a good hunt. We yeah. caught a deer. Everybody's going to eat. I ain't got to do that thing. But, you know, if it gets bad, I'm going to have to check y'all. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Like a wolf can't do that. You get what I mean? Yeah. But, Anyway, I don't know. I think there's something cool about that. I think, I think, though, it's annoying. It, it's it's fine. It's fine to self check. Okay. Yeah. No, but tell I, me what you hate about it. I think, but I think that people take it so far. Yeah. That you you put yourself in a position where it's like 
where you're not supposed to make mistakes, where you're supposed to be on every time, where you're constantly yeah. walking on eggshells the entire time yeah. to the point where that you no longer sound genuine in your communication. Uh-huh. I, I don't think yeah. you are. I really don't. I don't think you are. I think that those yeah. that those people that are walking on the eggshells and shit, they're playing a role. I, I don't think yeah. that they're actually doing the work. I think those really? of us, mm-hmm. yeah, and and I say us self-aggrandizing shit. And here I'm, a, I'm gonna try and self-check on, on my way with this yeah, shit. Yeah. Yeah. I think that those of us that are willing to be wrong and willing to step on toes and willing to upset people and and say what we really feel at the risk of judgment, I think that's where the w- real work is being exactly. done. Exactly, but. But at the same time, I will say that there are people that are trying in theory. And if you're trying in theory, I, I do say, and, and I think you could proxy this, you being who you are, faking it until you make it, yeah. there's something to be said for that shit too. If the net impact of a movement, even if people don't quite, if I say yeah. fuck it. That's, that is the substance of the zeitgeist, what you just but, described. But what's That's what it's about, made out of. What's it's positive mostly bullshitters like, and a couple of people that are doing the real work. Because, so, sure. because it's good. well, it's the same device. Like, if you was to look back at the 1500s, it, what was filling this void was religion. Yes. Religion was yeah. serving the same purpose of governing thought and structuring human behavior towards... It, it was the zeitgeist. The, yeah. Again, yeah. It, it, it served that purpose. And now that human beings are... The world is becoming more secular. Absolutely. It just fucking is. The United States is in its death throes because of secularism. The, I just saw... Uh, what's Billy Graham's bitch-ass son's name? Schmegma Graham. <laughs> Isn't it Billy Graham also? Schmegma. I don't know. It, it's some, something... Something fucking Graham. He got one of them bitch ass faces. I'd like to slap it. He was saying, he was talking about how secularism was a a larger threat to the United States than to terrorism. Some wow, shit, some shit to that effect. Um, if if that don't if that don't tell you that the United States is in the death throes regarding religious control, yeah, and yeah, the zeitgeist geez. versus there being ethics like a switch towards moral socio-ethical stuff yes then i don't know what else is it's definitely the canary in the motherfucking coal mine but do you think that we're if you know we we like to put a lot of uh concepts and and stuff like that on a pendulum do you think that the world will eventually swing back towards religion well and and i think y'all I think y'all brought this shit up yeah. in an episode that I wasn't involved in talking about the rubber band effect. Yes. Y'all touched on that. I think that is one of one of the bigger elements. And if we relate it to sociology and we take it back to like Durkheim mm-hmm. and uh, lay suicide, yeah. those social factors like lack of social constraint, too much social constraint, relation, all of those factors are, are coming into play as well. But uh, touched on the rubber band effect, and that's that's a big concept that I actually learned from uh, Professor Kofkins. I thought I was being original too. <laughs> well, that's the thing is I've looked up the goddamn rubber band effect because there's something called the rubber band effect. I, no, no, oh, not, okay. not like, in the, not in the same concise terms that I, this was a folklore class that okay. I, I I took as an elective. And goddamn, shout out to Barry Kofkins, one of the most exceptional people working in academia that I've ever encountered. Great dude, took a folklore class, taught us about the Horatio Alger myth, 
all kind of shit. It, it turned into like a poli sci, sociology, psychology, human, like. Man, that sounds fun. Man, yeah. he did it. He took us there. He did what a professor was supposed to fucking do. But he's the one that introduced me to the concept of the rubber band effect, whereby like social pressures whether they be social pressures to conform in yes. terms of accommodation and progressivism mm -hmm. or social press pressures that, that try to force people to con conform to being pious and repressed and socially constrained, like yeah. get conservatism yeah. that eventually that that pressure builds up and builds up to the point where, you know, eventually that tension is released and it just jettisons people out in all kinds of different yep. directions. You count on it. And yeah, and, and in many ways, it takes them, that momentum takes them far further past the point right. that Where the social constraints was pulling them towards. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that does yeah. happen in this cyclical pattern. Yeah. Maybe every 40 years or so, you write right. on a number. That's, that's one of the, uh, I misuse the term biorhythm, that's one of the wavelengths you can easily observe, that 30, 40 year one. That comes around, you see it in clothing, you see it in so many things. I also think that in regards to consciousness, I've spoke of entropy before. Entropy and ripples of on a lake are my little analogy for that yeah. same thing. It seems are like you, are you talking entropy like in the in the physics term, like they have the entropic theory of of the creation of the universe? Like yes, it's yes. just a mess, and then everything and then it'll eventually all settle together. back yes, in. Yes, exactly. And then yeah. yes, then it pops and again. It pops yeah, again. Exactly. I think that what sometimes you reserve. I, I say I. I apply that perspective when people talk about singularity theory. Singularity theory, like uh, the other one, something you just mentioned early, is I think extreme human hubris. Like we are not going to merge with machines like that. Yeah. But we think so much of ourselves that we like to entertain the idea that, you know, we will. But what actually seems to be happening is we're approaching what looks like a flat, calm lake. And because energy moves that way, the first splash is really big. The subsequent splashes are smaller in magnitude, but higher in frequency. Mm -hmm. And that increased frequency is the cyclical experience we have. Mm -hmm. It seems like that pendulum you described is moving back and forth. So we think we're accelerating to something, but we're not. We're accelerating to nothing like a lake is, right? Yeah. The ripples are getting more and more rapid, but they're much and much smaller. After you throw a rock in a yeah. lake, that's how I think of what it. What do you think that... that calm lake looks like for humanity Hum later yeah. on down the well, line well hmm, i think each one of those those civilizations every time it's happened in the past they've died are, out well, well no just like a calm lake are tremendously fragile and easy to disturb think about it, a perfectly flat calm lake all you gotta do is thump the water and then boom you cause all this energy to happen at the surface of it right you don't have to throw a big rock in but what's interesting is when after throwing a big rock into the lake all the interesting little things that are happening. You know what I mean? The energy creating all these splashes and waves. And if you're like a little ant on that, some of those waves seem like huge cyclical experiences. But really, they're just another swing of that same pendulum in perhaps a different direction. But now it seems like the cycles are going faster. Mm. So I think it gives us this illusion that we are accelerating, especially technologically, towards something. But I don't think we are. I think that you by know, the time we get to wherever uh -huh. we're imagining... We will, we will push the wrong button and send ourselves to the dark ourselves. I think Yeah, it's going to be like Wally. The amount of yeah. energy. Yeah, the amount of energy it takes to do that. So, hey, gonna, waste, gonna, man. Yeah. Waste is a big yeah, part of this I'm equation. Here's what I think, though. So, you know, <laughs> a lot of the, the younger generation is making a massive push towards being politically correct, being, you know, yeah. like we were saying in that, that video where the person was saying, like, 
I, he, him, yeah. this, that kind of stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> I think that we're making such a push towards that. Someone's going to do something wrong. Just like you said, push the wrong, push that button and blasts the dark ages. Yeah. One of those people is going to do something wrong. And I'm doing my air quotes here. They are going to push some kind of a button and it's going to really mess things up for everyone. Like, I think we're making, we're forcing a change too, like, too quickly. I, I And this, it sounds so old of me to say something like that, mm-hmm. but I feel like social change, like the change that a lot of people want, it's, it's, it's not natural anymore. It's, it's like an artificial change. It's something that people are yeah. forcing people to do. Yeah. And when you force someone to make a change, it's not sustainable that way. It just doesn't seem like it's a sustainable change to be able yeah. to make. I agree. I, I, and I think that people will go backwards really, really hard. Like, like if you see, <clears throat> and my example of that is in the early, uh, well, in, you know, 20, right before the 2016 election, there was a very big push where everyone was talking about, um, there was the Me Too movement, still here, you know? Yeah. There's the Me Too movement. There's, you see a big uptick of people thinking things are calling things racist, all that kind of stuff. Right. Saying like, I'm offended. You, you saw a lot of that popping up in the news. People were getting, I'm doing my air quotes canceled, even though now that after we had Marcus on the episode, he was Uh like, no one's really ever been canceled. Uh You know what I mean? So you see a lot of that stuff happening and then come the next election, America swings way right. Swings way, way, way right, and I think that well, if we, I, I, interesting. Do you think it's be, be, because of those reasons? I feel like those played a a, a, a cause in it. I think, I think, in my in my opinion, mm-hmm. I think that some of this might just be um, that the powers that be have gotten keen on these cyclical patterns after so many years of running the earth and they have gotten better at manipulating them and and, and fostering. Yeah. They foster this bullshit idea of a false dichotomy. And we may have even just fallen into it by, by talking about this even flow and the, and and the pendulum. We may have fallen for the whole bamboozle bullshit. That's my ultimate. It had enough time. The, after a while through brute force and real raw, un, um, undeniably recognizable violence the, of the type that describes World War One. <laughs> yeah. Know, these families, these people said, oh, okay, I see how this shit works. You got to give these idiots something to mm-hmm. excel toward and bounce back and forth. And that's what, and then they just play that game like, okay, so here comes Obama. Here, Obviously, here comes Trump. You know, then we'll go back and forth and yeah. then we'll have on the Z axis, we'll think it's novel, but it won't be, but it'll just be along the Z axis. We'll have some ultra- you know, neutral person or whatever, and then that will wear out, and you'll start seeing people doing what you always already mm-hmm. see, wearing top hats and dressing like it's the fifties. You see those hip just doing that? Yep. There's some impulse, and there's a yearn in them for like a certain dichotomy that's missing because everything's so damn easy, and they're, and they're so perfected. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You can get your look exacted. Just I think it's where those things come from. It's like, all right, everything's in style right now. Yeah, from every previous decade, so they just pick one where the clothing choice was maybe even an unfortunate one. They didn't have any <laughs> choice back. You know what I mean? Like, it's obvious. Like those high-waisted triangle pants. I yeah, think that it's, was it's, a, it's, un- it's that shouldn't have happened. Well, it's almost... What it, they're doing. It makes me think about us, you know, the American people. Uh, I guess maybe the proletariat. Whoever, whatever you want to call us. 
it, it makes me think about us being a, a child in a room with a teddy bear and a glass of water. And every so motherfucking often, somebody comes in and takes the teddy bear away. And then all you got is a glass of water. And then you're just thankful that you got that glass of water. Like you're like, okay, uh, well, I, don't, I miss that teddy bear. I wish I had that yeah. comfort. I wish I had that shit. I yeah. really wish I had that teddy bear. But I had my needs met. I got this glass of water. Then you get that teddy bear. They take the glass of water. Right? Well, no, I mean, and then you got the glass of water still. Like uh, you're, it's playing off your hierarchy of needs to a to a degree. Mm-hmm. And and what constitutes your hierarchy of needs may not be the same thing as mine or his or whatever. And they're, but they're playing off of populace having like one subset of the population and another subset of the population possessing different inherent motivations associated with this hierarchy of needs. And then they periodically shuffle away, take away that one thing that they felt was a validating factor. Then, uh. then cyclically, they reinstate that thing that should be expected. It should be just like I've, I've always, you know, working in mental health and even in life, I, I don't feel like a person necessarily deserves credit for doing what they're supposed to fucking do. Mm-hmm. You give people credit whenever they are, they have transcended their role. They're, they're doing things. They're making progress, not maintaining. You don't give kudos for maintenance, in my mm-hmm. opinion. So they create this illusion of resource scarcity, whatever that resource may be, whether it, it could be information, but they they act like it's in jeopardy, fight tooth and nail. Nothing really gets done. Like he's talking about the le- the lake, you know, some ripples and shit might mm-hmm. might get stirred up from a, a decent sized stone getting thrown in periodically, mm-hmm. but that goes away pretty quickly. My point is, my 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 long winded ass point is is that we may very well have fallen into this illusory pitfall that is being presented to us, this narrative that's being presented to us by even saying that, you know, there's this pattern that's revealed itself and it might be innate to human beings, but maybe it's not innate (coughs) to the population being ruled. Maybe the native factors that are being utilized are really being utilized on the end of the manipulators, the people mm. that are controlling all these factors that are creating this, this illusion of, of outrage. Because let me tell you, I am, I, I like to consider myself. I, I understand that there are more than two sexes. Yeah. There are biologically fucking more than two sexes. So the idea that there are two genders is absolutely patently fucking false it's a social construct it's as many genders as you motherfucking want however you aren't gonna come to me with your self-importance and expect me to make these acknowledgements right i don't like but but i will say me being who i am and interacting with the people that i interact with what i which i interact with a broad range of individuals but overwhelmingly most of my people's is left-leaning if not hard left individuals and even amongst those cats, a lot of the shit that gets presented in the media as being outrage, yeah. motherfuckers Not really ain't outraged about it. Yeah, it's fa- it's a false narrative that's being fed. This false outrage that's being pushed is to facilitate this idea of a false dichotomy, or mm-hmm. actually of a real dichotomy, and it is a false dichotomy mm-hmm. that on this side you've got these people that are 
Oh, they're so upset about all this shit going on. And all I want is my Budweiser and my fucking simple, my 13 channels and my yeah. goddamn. I think those those people who are able to take advantage of that ebb and flow in consciousness, the way I, as, as I like to think of it, ripples in the lake, I think they're not powerful enough to, to necessarily create them. It's not necessary. They just know how to exploit it. I think that energy shift is going to happen no matter what in some form or another. They just finally were smart enough to see it. So they're just like, let's just be there to let it happen. That, that so makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that's kind of, that's one like thing too. When the surfers rush to a beach because they know the big wave is going to be there. Yeah. And, it, and, it, and they don't, and they don't go rain. against it. They yeah, go with the right. tide. They go, they feed it. Yeah. And so, so right. even so if I you, think that's what they do. even with, with a conservative value system, it makes sense. Again, even if you're feeding your population, your, your viewership, you're mm-hmm. feeding them, Everything that you want to be feeding them, it makes just as much sense that your enemy or your counterpoint is feeding, is producing just as much yep. shit. So that, you know, my friend asked me at at, uh, at lunch when he said, we were talking about a society that becomes more and more <clears throat> so, so like socialistic, right? And he said, because he leans conservative and he and he just threw out the, the, um, the hypothetical... <clears throat> Would you would you be comfortable paying, you know, sixty percent more in taxes? And I was like, yeah. But it, for me, <clears throat> I'm on that mindset that you had said. I think where maybe it was you, Mark, about being able to exploit it no matter what. There's always going to be a way to exploit some kind of a system. And as mm-hmm. I've gotten older, it's not so much that <clears throat> that I lost the will to fight what's wrong in society. I just am more interested in how can I exploit it so that because I know when, when you dive down to the different levels of, of this and by, by this, I mean Mm -hmm. society, economy, all that you see just how fucked up it is. Mm -hmm. And it's like how much time. And it's like the, the, the people or the forces that you want to fight against have unlimited resources, unlimited life. They can, Unless the shit was mm-hmm. literally physically nuked, that's the only way I see it ever mm-hmm. falling apart. Because mm-hmm. we have a system that can make money out of nowhere. They can yeah. create wealth out of nothing. They can create a problem, create war, create whatever mm-hmm. out of nothing. So if you're on that level, exploit it. Well, that, dead, that's dead the press. Thing. Dead press said, "Pimp the system." Pimp the system. That's, Absolutely. Dead press has always said. System. And I don't know if anybody listens to that shit. Older. But but that's what's interesting is that that Dead Prez saying pimp the system. Dead Prez is they're they're black socialists. Mm-hmm. I mean hardcore black socialists. And uh I and and I have a, a socialistic predilection, my damn self. I mean I but it's only again, it's contextual socialism. It's like an antibiotic, it's a shot in the arm, it's to remedy some things. It's the fact that I am not so naive as to sit here and think that the United States Postal Service wasn't deliberately torpedoed by our own capitalistic system mm. in order to make it seem as though private enterprise is far superior than socialistic oh, enterprise. Lord. But that's the fucking thing, is that socialism, again, just baseline socialism, having roads, ensuring a basic quality of life for people, and then facilitating a, a free market what is it uh uh is it robert reich 
that is a huge proponent of capitalism. He, he wrote a book called Saving Capitalism, if I'm not mistaken. But capitalism cannot be dogmatic, just like any of this shit can't be dogmatic, and left unmitigated, just like the boogeyman that is socialism and communism. They always present this worst-case scenario bullshit, yeah. like whatever. Capitalism, left unmitigated, left unchecked, becomes incredibly predatory and oppressive. Just as much or more than, you know, we might as well be living in a communistic society to a degree. Because we live right now in the biggest, and I'm a, I love, Andrew Yang is my, my person. And he says it best, we live right now in the largest winner-take-all economy ever. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a successful Excuse me. But it's I think it's because of capitalism going unchecked. Of a perspective that says winner take all is the default state of affairs for all things on the earth. And maybe it is. Or that know. or that winning and losing is actually even a should be a human fucking concept. Mm. Like if we're looking at things in terms of social issues, I think if we're using terminology like win or lose, you're already in a fucked up headspace when you're talking about it yeah. from that viewpoint. If yeah. you're looking at things in terms of winning or losing, you you are overwhelmingly probably talking about yourself in relation to somebody else. And yeah. wh- where does that put that, you, at, at the most, where does that put you on the hierarchy of needs? At the very top. Well, at, no, at the most. If what, you're comparing wait. yourselves to other individuals. Well, still. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, um, it's not self-accusation. I don't remember the levels as you described. Esteem. Right right below it. And I think yeah. that that's where motherfuckers get caught uh, up at. I think that I think, so I think, I pe- think so people get, get caught up so. in this idea of success. And bro, you can be you can be hemmed up right below self-actualization this entire time, validating your own existence through controlling others, through the opinion of others, yeah. ma- manipulandum of resources. And they all, every bit of that is contingent upon some other individual mm-hmm. being lodged directly underneath self-actualization. Yeah. Hmm. See, that that's the part that's so fascinating to me. I mean, I, I'm not, I have no more to add to it, but I just can't help but think about that. I was in, I was in the hobby store and um, a young kid, he didn't know any better, but he just kept on saying, well, you must do really good for yourself. You must really. Isn't that weird? Know, yeah. Like young, that? beautiful, redhead, young engineer. He was going to. Uh, what's in Murfreesboro? MTSU. MTSU. Going there for engineering. He's like, oh, what do you do? Whatever. I was like, well, you know, who gets to buy the RC car or five hundred? If it's not okay for me to buy it, mm-hmm. I'm like, I can, I can still taste those syrup sandwiches on Colonial bread. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And a glass of water, waiting for mom to get like it ain't. I ain't that far removed from that. And who knows how long this rat race in Nashville is gonna last? It don't mean that to me, but. I find it curious that your only concern is in relation to someone else. It ain't get yours because that's, I, and I'm trying to virtue signal, but that was my thought and always has been, how can I get it? Yeah. Or do I have to get a paper route or two paper routes to have that Sega Genesis I want? It's so yeah. expensive. It never was. Why does the dude over there have it? And how can I tell? I think it's, I yep. think it's yep. certain people, man. I think <laughs> yep. it's certain parts of the human family that have, a malady in their perspective on what is generally a part of all humans. It's just their perspective on it manifests in a particular way. I'm I'm still stuck on that, man, because I'm like, 
All right, you're a billionaire, but are you a billionaire in relation to other? Are you a billionaire in the middle of the jungle all by yeah. yourself? Yeah, you don't get. I don't give a yeah. fuck what you've yeah. achieved. Yeah, why is it, it, it? Does it still have any meaning? Yeah, it's it has interesting. exactly, and and that and that is exactly that, that was so. What the fuck I'm talking? No, about. that was so oh, much. Right. That was a so about. much better articulated way of saying what I was saying is that our well, you society. Keep on, you keep setting me off with it. You say it, and I get what you're saying, and you make me. Say it in my way. That's what I'm saying. So I, you're just doing the same thing to me. Like when you describe it, I'm like, yeah, that's it. That's exactly what I'm saying. It just makes me. It makes me wonder. Like, man, is the part our our realizations of what our hierarchy of needs is? Is the higher level ones an illusion? No. Okay. The, but but wondered. but the American dream would have you believe that it stops. Yes. Right below self-actualization. Yes. No part of the yes. American dream entails dream. being the best citizen of the yes. fucking planet yeah. that you can yes. be. Yes. No part of that. And the that should be fucking intrinsic. They were trying to share with you. Yeah. They were, they're trying to share with you, but all you do is write down like how somebody was savage and you had to take over land on that. Motherfucker. Okay, you can't even say, look, damn, man, we was really coming from a bad situation. We got a good thing. We now. prayed on we, these yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. We don't want to carry on that way. So now we're going to be the best at this other level shit called self-actualization. We're going to be the best place for that. But instead, you stay a level lower than that. What's wrong with you? Mow through resources. Validate yeah, yourself. Yeah. On to the next one. Go on to the next one. On to the next one. I think, and I I think wonder, they don't man. focus so much on self-actualization because for a lot of people, when you hit self-actualization, you realize how not special you are. Man, but Ooh. it's a it's a, but it's such a liberating Ooh. for me. It it was a liberating goddamn thing. Oh, I, same here. I, at least I like to think that I've hit the thing of self actualization. Self actualization. Well, self actualization keeps me scared to do certain things. Right, but it, but that's the thing is that I think that you you don't just self actualization isn't a static point that you hit. Yeah, that's it, it's, right. It's a it's a practice. Like it's like getting yeah. a black belt, bro. Yeah. Like, That's right. Like mm-hmm. if you get a black belt and you stop fucking training, it's not like you going that black belt is going to mean a goddamn yeah, it's thing. It's just like zen. Right. Yeah, you it's can, a like it's a state sort of. And so, it's kind of in flux, but you're in flux with it. Yeah, cuz you can yeah. drop out. You're you can surfing. drop out. You so, some some cataclysmic or semi-cataclysmic life event could transpire and your self-actualization could be shot all the fucking hell temporarily. Mm-hmm. But you I think if once you've attained it or you've gotten a taste of it in relation to any number of things, because I think that it's not just about. So there's never going to be just one instance of self-actualization. You actualize yourself in relation to all the you's that you have. Is, is, Is that because you are more than what? Gestalt. What? I don't know what that word means. You are more than what? The your sum idea of your part self is is it, is that the reason why that the the idea of the self I think is it's lightweight hilarious again it's like we are so adorably naive and think we know so motherfucking yes. much and we sit around and we're thinking about well the idea of the self as though it's one entity it's yeah. such it's so incomprehensible that we are every man in this room mm-hmm. is not just one. One just yeah. encapsulated individual. Yeah. And it's not because of an interceding, necessarily an interceding outside force. Okay. That you develop these different selves that you act. And again, we could go down yeah, the dramaturgy, 
thing without being disingenuous. It, it even it goes into code switching. Code switching is yeah. a good symptom, I guess, of manifesting yeah, different cells. That's right. It's a good example of it. I would yeah. say, I wanted to know what you would, how you would reply to that. I would say, um, taking from you know, Judy Krishnamurti's lessons, it's our fragmented mind. That's the way he described it. It's actually your, like, you might want to say weakness. It's the limitation of your capacities that actually provides you with the illusion that you are an individual. And and you know, I was just wondering if what you thought. No, that that makes absolute sense. Yeah. And again, it's it's the human mind wanting to. It it doesn't put us in a very good state thinking we don't know a goddamn thing. Yeah, you know, to to think that, to even have the slightest whiff that our concept of the self is a fragmented thing. Yes. That in reality, the self yes. is so fragmented, which I agree with one hundred percent. That all these individual manifestations of who you are it, it isn't one fluid entity it is yeah. it's frag fragmented and elements and other, other oh i lost the word but people that have extreme appreciation and sublimation of something whatever you call them you hear them talk about it they say after a while you know i didn't really play the music the music just came through me mm-hmm. you know at some point at some point that happened you hear a sailor just be like i'm one with the ocean you yeah know, it always happens so you know what we're talking about how many things can we met huh I said, it seems like a little bit of flow state there. Yeah. What? How many things can we think of for which there are levels to? I know there's what? levels to all the shits, but if we if we kind of we've kind of laid it out, yeah. What we what what's meant when we say there's levels to this shit? That wasn't the I name think, of it. That's just the way yeah. But, it, but I, as far as how many things, I don't know because my, where I struggle. No, I mean, how many things can you think of? Yeah, I'm saying like not in total. As far as the where where I struggle though is because of that uh, bloated sense of self that I sometimes have, Uh I make things, I I treat things like they do have levels when they really aren't that. I I say that because I try to make something sound more important or more special than what it really is. Like I I say that shit about my work. I say that about just... The yes. different things that the I do in life. The way I go on about work, dude. God, I wish I could not do that sometimes. I'm like, yeah. I think I'm one of the only few few people that think of it that way. Yeah. There's this thing in um in technology. I think there's two or three. Where, but anyway, I know there's at least two. Well, let's say there's different. Like, you know, there's different kind of athletes. Yeah. Good example. You got Emmitt Smith and then Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders was well known for having the freak running back's body mm-hmm. but did not like competition yeah got out of football early mm-hmm. with his money and he just wasn't crazy about it you yep. know mowing people down there you got those kind that are just insanely competitive yep. maybe they have the uh fortunate body maybe they don't yep. looks like that in programming too they say there's programmers who think programmers poetry mm-hmm. and there's programmers that are just trying to get that led to light on those kind that romanticize it work and programming and to me it's and boy, does it cause a problem. And I wish I could not do that sometimes. It's, it, yeah, but like, so, I feel like but, I need to be told that I'm not shit sometimes. Well, mm-hmm. on one side, though, and, and I think that this is a, a beautiful little paradox that we all almost invariably arrive at. On one side, you have infinity. Mm-hmm. Like you were saying, how many uh-huh. levels, how many things can you have levels to? Yeah. Bruh, short answer, infinity. On one side, you have yeah. the totality of yes. possibilities. Well, I just, And then on the other side, you've got simultaneously nothing and everything like the self yeah the self yeah. is on the other side of that like yeah. if you talk about the levels the possibilities if you well, and then on the other side the one uh-huh. the individual zen 
everything sure, everything sure. being zen is on the other side well, of that. Well, we we had we had hit it heavy a lot during this conversation. So I was asking what things come to mind, what everyday things come to mind for you guys in which you can think, oh, that's one of those uh, participations where there's levels to it and the levels become what it's all about. And I was just thinking IT works one of them because you have these different people, especially now because IT is the hot place to be. Mm -hmm. You really see it a lot. There's a lot of people working in big corporations that are not PC enthusiasts mm-hmm. that are not building their own computers and doing this wild shit. I'm pointing at Kalu's crazy command center setup of a, uh, that he has. There's a lot of people that ain't that interested in it at all. But you know, that's the it's still the industry to be in. Yeah. Understand what what things like well, that come to mind for you guys. I, I can tell you 100 professionally, like very very comparable in social work. You have motherfuckers that are looking at this shit on this grand macro scale and understand social flows, statistics. A lot of these cats come from backgrounds in psychology, sociology, communications, things like that, that their objective, or I'd like to think I'm part of the solution. I'm part of this group. Our objective is to play our role and mitigate as much suffering. And that, that also entails not just minding your own fucking business when a colleague isn't pulling their weight. It's cussing a colleague out and being like, yo, like uh, people's lives fucking depend on this shit. Let's get it in. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's not, there are people that, that have it within social work. Don't ascribe to any dogmatic qualities when it comes to how they implement social work or how they do their job to try and remedy these social issues. Then on the other side, you've got the cats that don't give a damn about anything other than lighting that LED light up. The cats that will write out a case plan for somebody we were providing services for. And as long as they got their case note in and they they were there the time that they said they were and they used what the book told them to do whenever they were doing their motivational interviewing with the individual and discussing things, as long as they followed protocol and they billed for their service. And yeah. whatever organization they're a part of, they don't give a yeah. fuck. So, yeah. again, they're within the same. I could be sitting literally three feet away from somebody that gets paid within a couple of grand of what I do. And us just fundamentally, it's not even a fault. It's not like that they have the body of understanding of what's transpiring that I do or understand it the same way. They fundamentally are caught up in this. This blinders on, like, okay, I got to follow this case plan. I got to meet with this individual on Wednesday. We're going to work on uh, organization, some shit like that. And don't get me wrong. There's need for that. There is need for that. But goddamn, you working on that shit and the house is burning down around us. You know what I'm saying? Like on a grand scale. And that's why, and, and I'll loop it back around. We do a thing and it's called the housing first model. And I'll get on my my fucking soapbox about homelessness and shit like that. But the housing first model is very much a play off of the hierarchy of needs. That if you can provide somebody's basic physiological needs, i.e. housing, which entails secure and work on those yeah. other levels. But yeah. if a motherfucker is still street homeless, there is little to nothing you can do Man. to help that person Absolutely. achieve esteem. You know, yeah. the level of esteem, That's right. much less self-actualization, right. right? Yeah. So if we apply that to everybody, 
If we right. if we apply that on a grand scale to literally motherfucking everybody, and we look at it in terms of holy shit, like don't nobody really want us to be self actualized? If we're happy, why the fuck are we gonna show up to work? Like, hence safe spaces or not? <laughs> did I just did I just ruin it? No. I no, wonder. No. I wonder if in the you know the mental emotional space of when when, when exploring my actualization or my happiness or fulfillment in an arena jeopardizes my opportunity to stay in that arena. No wonder I got to have a hey, space. That makes a lot talk, of sense. I can't talk to you about it. I'll get fired if I really tell you how I make, how you're making me feel. You know what I mean? As a girl, when I come in here, I know you don't mean to, I know we'll eventually get to a good place. And I know it sounds like I may be being a big baby or something, but, we got to start somewhere, and I feel like, man, I feel like a piece of meat when I come in here because I'm a girl, mm. and I don't want to wear like a Barney outfit to work, but yeah. I don't want to wear nothing ultra sexy, Yeah. but you got to wear your dope Air Max and sweatpants, yeah. you know what I mean? It ain't professional. I'm just saying, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just picking ladies and things they might go through, so I wonder if that that there's there's levels to the levels. Oh shit! So we, yeah. so it's almost like you're contending with, and there might be more variables than this, but it's like the poetry and the protocol. Yeah, mm. yeah. Like when when you're really endeavoring to do some things, like yeah. like y'all are into y'all shit. Yeah. I'm into my yeah. shit, right? Yeah. Well, I was there's poetry ask you about, and there's protocol. I was gonna ask you about outdoorsness and pit bulls next. I was gonna say, I was gonna do it to everybody. I'm not the MC clues, but that's going to be a fun exercise. Like, sales, levels to this shit or not. Or, you know, um, dog breeding, yes. levels to this shit hey, or not. Yeah, yeah, there's, you got, there's you got Peter somewhere on there. I wonder how they think about stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then you have people that just, because they, I don't know if it's safe to say, but because they're from a certain cultural background, like a pit, but haven't, can't like name them like Chris can. So there's levels to that too, you know. There's levels yeah. everywhere, and I, I think it's inevitable because of what I would call fragmentation. I don't mean that necessarily pejoratively when I say it this time, but the fragmentation in the human mind. So, so it, when you say in sales, yeah, it's almost a dividing and conquering of the fucking self, even beyond like the population. Yeah. Like they divide yeah. and conquer the individual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a good point. It's a good in, way of thinking in about sales, it. when I separate protocol and poetry. Yeah. And treating those two as levels and, you know, just understanding the levels of both of those. The poetry for me in sales comes out where in the moments where I will not sell someone something because I know that this is not going to help them like oh, feel better about their life or feel better about their job yeah. or something like that. So although objectively your point is to make that sale, but protocol is when, always be closing. They, they yeah. call the ABCs of sales. Yeah. Always be closing. Yeah. Do you get a set of steak knives? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and a pat on the back. Yeah, it's like, Hey, go buddy. But like, I, I have to joust with those two parts of me where it's the whole, like always the protocol part yeah. where it's like, okay, I've got quota. I've got to always be like trying to close and sell deals, but there will be times where I might see a person and see a customer and the poetic side of the sale comes through where it's like, maybe you're not ready for this right now. You know, maybe we should talk, maybe we should try and understand some other stuff about you, your company, your direction, 
and maybe I'll sell you something later on down the line. So you might as well be talking about social work right now. Sure. Like, yeah, I legit. Mean, I think that's a human thing. Yeah. That could apply to yeah. damn near. But that's where I come the most alive as a salesperson, and I'm afforded that opportunity because I'm 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 paid such a high base salary. Yeah. Because when you're and that's the other thing I was going to say when. When well, it's you like don't a long have, game, and there's a little bit of long game to it too. <clears throat> yeah, right? but when you don't have, for a lot of people, when when you don't have something keeping you that that already provides those base needs that you might that you might have or uh, something like that, it's it's harder to understand the poetry behind it. When it, you can't think about selling and taking care of because there's too when, much static. Yeah, too, not so much that they're static when you're fucking hungry. When you can't pay your light bill, you can't think like I will about a sale. So, and I think that the same thing applies to other parts of life. Like, like we were saying, meeting people, you know, like you said, I think you had said with religion, meeting people where, where they are, Yeah. like handle those first things. And then you could talk about. And see that, that that ties into what Chris said earlier about why it's maybe worthwhile to remember how privileged you are. That's the other thing too. Yeah. Yeah, I think that man, when you I'm, can be real, I don't know, nasty without meaning to be. Yeah, if you just sometimes it's so easy to forget. If I, if I, I was made, if I was made into it's, a hunter salesman, like because yeah. the hunter salesman, a lot of those people is you have no base salary or you have a very very base one or very low, low base. Salary. And the higher you climb, the more important it is to make those acknowledgments yes, too. Exactly. I believe because if you so, make the acknowledgement, making the acknowledgement that you have your physiological needs met. Yeah. Yeah. is so fundamental. There's yeah. not really a lot of room to be super arrogant about that shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. like yeah, I got my lights on. I got plenty to eat. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's something that that I think oftentimes, you know, we sit around, we're thankful, like on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Pe- people pick a specific time to mm-hmm. be thankful for that shit. Yeah. But I think the higher you climb up that, that hierarchy of needs, the more essential it is for you to make that acknowledgement such that you don't yourself become a liability to yourself or yes. society at large. And, and, a perf- and a perfect example of that is my boss. Now my boss is at the, the height, you know, the height of the, the, the food chain, if you want to call it that, but dude, she's probably one of the most humble that's up there. And, and she has the most, <clears throat> if you want to call it perspective, if you will, like she seems like, at least for me, um, has a, has more of a connection with, people and, and stuff like that yes she can turn on that hunter type thing if she needed to yeah. but i think as you get higher up on the food chain if you will it makes it easier to understand and feel if you will if that makes any sense well it, it's it's like almost again you were talking about flow state and yeah. stuff it's, it's like it's just a jedi master dude it, it, it's just, you're just like you're just it's just everything. being you're it's, just being you That's just it. are it's yeah. it's you exist within that moment and I tell you what, I something that I've had problems with, like you was talking about a satisfying element of your job. You're talking about the poetry and the protocol where yeah. the poetry resides is telling an individual, not playing this fast and loose. This probably isn't a good fit yeah. at this point in time. The poetry to me, because mine is chaos. I'm, mm-hmm. it, it, and again, this is me romanticizing my own bullshit in my own head, but like it's like the Temple of Doom and... Like you're wandering through the Temple of Doom and everything's relatively innocuous. You know, mm-hmm. things are the, like there's some cobwebs and there's some 
but in the Temple of Doom, you see some shit. Like there's mm-hmm. there's some markers. <laughs> what what are these symbols up here mean? Okay, I'm gonna remember this symbol. Um, there's some pitfalls down here. There's some spikes down on this edge of this shit. This symbol coincides with that. Okay, so I'm wandering through this dangerous ass temple in my job or whatever. You happen upon something, the jewel, whatever the fuck it is. You go to remove that motherfucker, which starts off this chain of events. The satisfaction and the poetry of my job resides in sliding underneath that fucking big slab of (laughs) concrete or whatever right before it crushes everybody. Grabbing that jewel, running, jumping over some shit, sliding under there and being like, Woo! I can't believe we just pulled that shit off. (laughs) Because there's nothing. Again, you wander in there completely like, I don't know where the fuck I'm at. I don't know what is getting ready to happen. This seems like a good idea. Let's do this. Yeah. This was not a good idea. <laughs> and it's it's a, it's the acknowledgement that what you're about to do isn't to solve a problem per se. It's just to mitigate the potential once a, as you're executing things. And it's not being afraid to make mistakes either. Because you can't... Something you got to acknowledge not only about other people, especially in my field, is you can't bubble wrap. These are adults. These are human beings with personalities, aspirations, hopes, and dreams, and you will stifle stifle them by bubble wrapping them. And that applies to children, that applies to loved ones, siblings, people under your tutelage, whatever. If you bubble wrap somebody too much, you're going to stifle their development. You're going to stifle their fucking growth. Time out. My voice is back. It's only temporary. It'll go away. How did that happen? I coughed really hard. I didn't even hear you coughing. Yeah, man. What? What? <laughs> Sorry, Mark. Now I'm just thinking he said you cough. I'm like, we didn't hear it. I was just thinking he coughs with his butthole. <laughs> <laughs> with, with, with Chris is around, I get hit stupid ass sense of humor when Chris is around. But I was just thinking that's all I hear. Because oh, such a fucking teddy bear. Oh, I know. His, yeah, his voice is. I'm so glad you, you said that. You can't, you know what I mean? When you're a selfish pig like me, I just want his voice to be clear. <laughs> When yeah. I say, I'm like, why can't you clear your throat? Oh, you know what I mean? It's funny. Yeah, there's I'm, no I'm way. Pretty, I'm pretty terrible. Oh, you <laughs> coughed quick, with his butthole. Real, real quick, uh, what is the, in your analogy or metaphor, I, did, I don't know which one's right. What what is the concrete uh, Indiana Jones thing? What is it? Is it the okay. person like, like court like action. the program? Yeah, yeah, homelessness. Per, okay. Homelessness, okay. death, okay. Uh, court action, being locked up, whatever. Okay. Okay. Man, I... And again, that, and sometimes that, it's that it's that um, hair raising that go, get really. I, Chris, bro, Chris likes it to be that way, bro. I I, well, I have learned. I've learned. Job. It's like people that like that eat really spicy food and get yeah. like some kind of satisfaction yeah. out yeah. of it. When I'm in the midst of the chaos, whenever the shit's hitting the fan, I am absolutely like motherfucker. Yeah. God, that, like yeah. I am upset. I yeah. am, but I yeah. am on point, bro. Yeah. Like I'm at my. No, peak. You ha- you ha- I'm not surprised there. You have to be. Yeah, you hear about I, anyone that's effective, and and they gotta have some kind of. And I'm a lot same way when there's a P1 in the middle of the night and the service crash, I'm really like, I know I'm gonna fix this. Yeah, yeah. I know I'm gonna fix this because. Yeah, anyway, I'm a well, gentleman, but I know and, I follow you. And, and, that, and that's exactly what it is. It's it's walking into a situation and knowing that you have yeah. literally no motherfucking control over yeah. anything other than yeah. the next yeah. best move. And I don't mean next best. I don't mean second best. I mean, you are now in a chain of events that are unfolding before you that you can't walk back. Yeah. Yeah. So you now you got to make those telephone poles. 
Eddie Murphy had a step. Yeah, yeah. I, I want the knife. I want the yeah, knife. Yeah. <laughs> Remember those telephone poles? He couldn't turn around and go back. And he was sitting there yeah, like he was yeah, scratching yeah, on him. Yeah. But the acceptance when you walk in, one, that you have no control. Two, that that your your personal self, who you are as an individual, has to fade away, steps away. That's liberating in and of itself. That's yeah. a catharsis. Because yeah. all the monkeys that you carry around, all the problems they that you create, they don't yeah. matter when you in a in that chaotic situation. Yeah. yeah. And then even if, even if the doors close and your lovable curmudgeonly tour guide gets crushed on the other side of that motherfucking wall, yeah. the plot of the story still goes on. So yeah. <laughs> the thing is, I'm not the analogy for the tour guide getting crushed. That isn't that isn't a a client. That's 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 more like an option. That's like an idea that we had that we were going to explore. Then whenever we removed that jewel and the chain of events began to unfold, that no longer became viable. So sliding in underneath that big old slab of rock that's going to crush, yeah. right at the last minute, even though you were in a better situation 24 hours ago, before you found this news out, like you was more content, you was more seemingly homeostatic 24 hours ago the fact that everything you got out from underneath it that shit cleaning up messes dealing with crises and and knowing that if i hadn't been there it wouldn't have gotten done it would not have gotten taken care of uh goddamn it's thrilling it's a it's a satisfying fucking thing and i don't know uh that that's where the poetry, I guess, again, the 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 romanticism, the poetry of my profession resides. Is that mm-hmm. that balancing act, and again, that selfish fucking catharsis? Like, yeah, I know this is your life, and I appreciate that, and I have an emotional attachment to that. But there's a whole other element to this shit where I really, I just enjoy problem solving and 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 cheating oblivion. Mm-hmm. I love just. Telling Oblivion to kiss my ass just for a little bit longer. And when you're a social yeah. worker, everything is, not everything, that's dramatic as fuck, but more than most professions, you are teetering on the edge of Oblivion so motherfucking often. Mm-hmm. And man, it's a satisfying thing, even though Oblivion is indifferent as hell. Yeah. I and, like. And the human, but I will say, humans, humans want to go around and act like Oblivion is out to get you. Oblivion ain't out to get none of y'all. Oblivion is indifferent about your ass And I think you have to make that acknowledgement That Oblivion is indifferent And it's empowering to you to be like Okay look, it don't give a fuck if you live or die Mm -hmm. You gotta give a fuck whether you live or die Because Oblivion doesn't care Yep, yep All right. what's what's a a final message That we can leave people with uh, With just levels in general What can we leave someone with? Well there, there, there are there are levels to this shit. There's levels to all things because human beings have levels to them. Mm. Yeah. For all the for all the degrees to which we're fragmented in our minds, or we're biologically stacked up, there and, are and, levels to the and I'll I'll, I'll jump onto that with like you can the amount of levels to things do scale with the amount of levels that you see within yourself. If, yeah. you, if you see yourself at, at a very shallow base and the rest of the world is going to be seen that way, you're going to, if you're oh, yeah. a simple person that just wants, oh, yeah. I just want my beer and this, then you're going to see the world and its problems in the same vein. 
you're going to see yeah. like it, it makes me think of <clears throat> my voice is fucking up again but it makes me think of the the same the type of people that are like i just want everyone to shut up about politics yeah are the same type of people shut that are like i like my life simple and everything like that you know what i mean they don't there isn't much to them there just really isn't much to them. I know it sucks, and, and I think and be breaking me, my motherfucking heart. I'm, I just yeah. want to shake because there's some people in there. You're like, come on, I know you in there. Yeah. Come on. And and to me, like, yes, I do. Yeah. I do like. I do like to be able to just go through life and, and just handle things. I want to, but I know that knowing, I I do that knowing that there is this hunger inside of me of never being satisfied. I sit there. The thing that I joust with with myself is I want to be comfortable so bad and I know that I'll never be comfortable with anything. Yeah. And so because of that, I'm always trying to find some deeper level to myself. So I'm always going to be critical of myself all the time. And because of that, it's made me critical of everything. If someone were to tell me about some new beautiful thing that they've done, I will try to not not poke holes through it, but I'll try to find another way to look at it so that yes. you don't be the type of person that rests on your laurels the entire time that sits there and talks about how great this one single thing is because at that moment where that thing is not so great, you've put all your eggs in that basket and now you don't know how to walk through life. You just don't understand how to do anything. That's, that's why I, I poke so many bears in my opinion for a lot of my extremely po- like political friends that will post something. I have one friend that posted about how she's a very diehard feminist type person. If, if she wants to call her, she calls herself that, but I think she's a shitty excuse for one. Well, but, there, there's different types of feminists. It could be like a, there was those white neo feminist. She's the everyone sexist feminist. That I that I don't like that like I I, I don't like that type what of. What does she look like? Uh, I don't want to talk about it because it's exactly what you think. So the <laughs> so what she had said was the the movie Little Women. You know that that they redid Little Women. The OG Little Women was fucking beautiful. It was a great movie, but the the new one it got shit on. It totally got shit on. And so I never heard of that movie. Yeah, exactly. Because it was it was trash. Because it was trash. It got shit on Rotten Tomatoes, all sorts of other stuff. And so she posted this thing about how Little Women wasn't reviewed well because guys don't because men don't care about women and stuff like that. And I was like, what? Mm-hmm. It was one of those things. Literally, so, I I'll be honest, I just don't give a fuck about little you. women. Like that's what it even is. Even the name of the shit. That, that sounds so interesting. It sounds so boring, you know? And so the what I was trying to explain to her, you know, is like maybe the movie didn't do well because no one drops a good movie on Christmas Day. That was one thing. And I said, you're you're um, any movie that tries to compete with Star Wars during the same month is not going to do well. Did it have any no, n- like notable actors? Yeah, it had some. It had some. It had Street. good actors in it. Meryl Streep is is yeah. She I think she's in it. No, she's in it. Uh, but it it had some, I think she it has the girl that was Hermione in Harry Potter. I think she was in it. The girl that was uh, in um, yeah Emma Watson. Yeah Emma Watson. It's got the girl that plays a, uh, um, what's her name? Florence Pugh. Well, they thought that they would take a classic and that the body yeah the the, the classic itself would hold would enough yeah, yeah would hold enough weight to was carry not it. The case. So if you take 
an all star mm. cast and then a superimpose that cast on a classic. Yeah. Generally and speaking, the classic people, had an all star cast. They were just really young at the time. Yeah, and people think, well, like there's money to be motherfucking yeah. made here. That should make the sequel big bitches. Now, look, I swear to God, I swear to God, that almost come out of my I mouth had, as soon as Kalu started yeah, talking I about this. It was obvious ah! for this brain trust. I swear to God, it was sitting there in the back of my head. I was like, that idea, I was, so I just and then also the idea of <laughs> the, the sequel, Itty Bitty Bitches. Itty Bitty <laughs> <laughs> Do better. Little women in itty bitty bitty. The coughing is helping me clear my throat. Man, so but but I was saying like that friends you, doing that try to like. like but I poke the bear, you know. Yeah, what I mean, right, and, and right. a lot of people agreed with them, and a lot of it, they have people that are you know that that are in their corner, in their echo chamber, and all that kind of stuff. So I was saying that there's levels to me. I'm always going to check myself. So because of that, I'm always checking everything in the world. Even like when you posted about fucking overdraft fees, you know what I'm saying? That's me. Just I still am going to put a try and put a hole through. You know, and I'm you, going and, to be critical. And he knows of every I don't give a thing. fuck. And I'm yeah. just throw back my one thing because I know I know that neither one of us is a hundred percent right. And the concept of right and wrong is like it doesn't matter. It's socially constructed <laughs> it, yes, and contextual. Exactly. And so that's why I want people like. I, I try to to do that with all sorts of people because going back to the very, very, very beginning thing, I've said there are levels to everything. There's absolutely levels to everything. We should we should stay that way. Don't be so shallow. Don't be so one. Don't even be two dimensional. You have to be multidimensional. You, you can't tell me that you're the same person that you were five years ago. So you should do the same thing with every construct that's out there. And these levels are just much like oblivion. The levels are fucking indifferent to you. Yeah, they're indifferent. There, there's, there should be no personification of these different facets and levels to to how you process information, how you ascend to a certain status within like a trade, an art, a profession, whatever it may be. Don't personify this shit. There's nothing to personify. It's an indifferent concept. That there are levels to it, and you should always just use this as a roadmap, mm-hmm. or or a framework, or a reference point, or a tool. It doesn't work you; you work it. You use it as a way of interpreting things, as instead of a way of defining yourself. Yes, yes. Do we have any shameless shoutouts before we jump off? I want to give a shameless shout out to uh, Tylenol, severe cold and flu, <laughs> for holding it down for me, letting me sleep. Um, and also, uh, hybrid vigor because I got better quicker than other members of the household that I reside in. <laughs> That's hilarious. And then I talked to Kalu and he sounded like Froggy from the Little Rascals and I'm like, it's, it's killing all the purebreds and I don't, <laughs> I don't want no part of it. It is killing the purebreds. You all are dying left and right. There's white people laying around everywhere at the house. <laughs> <laughs> They're just... It looks like a plane crash. They're throwing bodies over walls yeah. like the bubonic plague. I'm not quite dead yet. <laughs> it's bad, but no. Uh, I I want to give uh, a shameless shout out, I guess, to my family. Yeah. And this ain't gonna happen very often because uh, I love y'all, but y'all all ego maniacal motherfuckers, and y'all kiss my ass. <laughs> but I do. I adore y'all and everybody. Uh, you know, we had a, we had a, a family crisis. 
and uh, we handled that shit. Yeah. Everybody locked, you know, fell in lockstep, handled business like we were supposed to. And it's just good knowing that I love being part of a family that is not codependent and don't have to be down each other's throats all the time and like in each other's business and we can cuss each other out and fight. But then when the rubber hits the road, we're like, okay, yeah, we ready to die over this shit. So I, you know, I just want to say, I appreciate my family an enormous amount. Uh, and uh, also, Oh, speaking of which family, Tyler young, shameless shout out mm-hmm. to Tyler young at grade eight performance. Um, I do believe he uh, he might have a spot or two open. Yeah, uh, I told him he might have years. mine just because I've been doing I've been doing more hit and Dude. I've been gone. I've been sick the last week. Well, so. and that's how I, I told him I, I'm just not in a position to do. I'm I'm doing my power building programming right now. Otherwise, I'd snatch up on yeah, the spots. Yeah. But yeah, Tyler Young at Grade Eight Performance, and then I, I don't know. Well, he's he's got big things coming for 2020. We ain't gonna bust him out. We'll let him come on the show and tell you what he's got planned. But uh, look for, for some big things at a Tyler Young and Grade Eight performance here coming 2020. Mark, do you have any shameless shoutouts? I don't think I have any shameless shoutouts. Uh, good to have you back, Chris. Glad you got over your cold a little bit. And the other things you had going on. And I don't think I have any shameless shoutouts this time. Cool, cool. To uh, shameless shoutout to Hello Fresh. Hey. Uh, I'm glad you like it, man. You shouldn't be, I shouldn't be. Yo, man, listen. Why does everybody gotta have a subscription? Uh, I know. Why does everybody gotta have my fucking money? I just wanted one box of, and that's it, man. I'm all about the melody shit every week. And you're oh, like, it's, boy, it's, it's I'll like, eat it. I'll eat it. Is it a damn Ponzi scheme? With no, food? dude. It it's it's, 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 it's as good, legit man. As they want it to be. It's just, if you're single, you're doing half it, like, you would love it. Like, because it's enough to get you through the week, definitely. Yeah. And it gives you good portion control, and the shit is good and remarkably fresh. I know yeah. it sounds corny, but the first thing that struck me was how well selected the ingredients are. They can't send you a bruised pepper or apple or something. So it's like, dang, I couldn't have found this good. Of, I wouldn't have taken the time. I really wish a motherfucker would send me a bruised pepper. I'll lose my goddamn <laughs> <laughs> Hello, exactly. fresh. Yeah. Is, is, that you? is that you, fresh? You go. I'm gonna see you. Everybody goes to Walmart. I'm gonna uh, see you out. That's funny. One thing that stood out to me, though, I know it's stupid. I ain't talking about fucking food, but the rice. I'm I'm a big yeah. Like I love rice, and I can't stand cheap, stale rice that gives you rock cut or whatever. Yeah. Like rice was some of the. I hadn't had rice. I had not had rice that good. Is the Korean BB Mop? Is that what you had? That's the that one. Fun. Yeah. The rice that came in that BB Mop. I've had BB Mop, and BB Mop's pretty boring. Yeah. And other and other rest of that shit was so good. Anyway, I guess I don't know. They don't deserve a shout out, man. They're like super startup rich <laughs> billions of dollars. Somebody worth shutting out. Um, Extreme Hobbies in Spring Hill, uh, Tennessee. Go down there and get an RC car. There we go. Dad's toys. <laughs> Dad's toys. All right. Um, I don't have any major ones. Uh, I will. You know what? I'll give a shout out to my wife for putting up with me being sick. Uh, I don't get sick often. But you be acting like a baby. Yeah, baby. I'm a baby back bitch when I get sick, dude. It's real bad. I swear to God, did, um, Mark. Did you hear when he was talking about eating Pizza Hut salad? Do you, were you there? Did, no, he no, wasn't. It was always, on the podcast. Y'all always bring that up. No. Yeah, so bro, you got to go back and listen. You got to yeah, go so one back time and I listen. Tried to, I tried to be a. Tried to be good, you know, and yeah, we went to Pizza Hut. This motherfucker. And I was like, I'm just gonna have some salad. 
Yeah. And like, so I, I went, I'm gonna go to Pizza Hut and have some salad. You know, and everybody in Pizza Hut's like, ain't nobody gonna eat this anyway. So they just rubbing their asshole on <laughs> the romaine oh, lettuce. Yeah. So yeah. I ate, I ate Pizza Hut salad, and uh, it was it was a night of terrors. I mean, was, it was he wow. was peeing out of his butt, yeah, dude, throwing was, up and crying. Yeah, he tried to get Elizabeth to call nine one one, but she wasn't doing it. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, uh, 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 "Baby, call." Call the ambulance. I woke up and I was like, my heart hurts. <laughs> I was like, something's not right. It's sounding bad. I got the microphone. No, uh, it's okay. It, you know, I was yeah. like, something's not right. Like, I, I don't know what's going on. And so, what? yeah, it's dude. like a little damsel in distress. Well, I went to the bathroom and I just, two like fingers, threw up everywhere. Pizza. Really? I had a craving for that, man. There's not, I don't. Chichi's okay, but it ain't like Gettyland, man. Larry's is all right, man. It's it's is it's that, not, is that yeah, in the place not, of Gettyland? Yeah, like yeah. something about that. That dude had, I don't know. It was this cheap ass, good ass pizza. They breadsticks was my jam. Yeah, they yeah, cheesy, yeah. yeah those yeah, cheese sticks was boy. on point. So you couldn't beat that. Gettyland? Hell yeah! Didn't they I have thought one you in grew up in Glasgow. Or it, but we like had that. a Mister Gaddy's. Yeah, and then I used to come. Hell yeah, they did. Has a big Mister. And then there was a. Gaddyland down here. I mean, I came down to Bowling Green yeah. quite a bit, but we had Mr. Gaddy's yeah, and it yeah. had the Simpsons side scroll arcade game yeah. where you could play as any of the four members all yep. at once yeah. and the Ninja Turtles side yep. scroll. Yep, that one was, yeah. The I Ninja Turtles side scroll is in like the top 10 minutes yeah. of all time. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, it's a fantastic game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You start off in the fire in the yep. hotel or somewhere yep. mm-hmm. and you're fighting with that game. so fucking yep. hard. Yo, what do y'all think? Write this down for another topic. Yep. This episode's over with. But like, I've been thinking about something. When I go to places, like extreme hobby down in Spring Hill, and I'm like, man, small businesses like barely make it and stuff. Like, why don't I don't know? Maybe that shit won't work. Maybe capitalism. But I've been thinking about this idea of like combining businesses so that they'll survive. Like, oh, like, like under a, like an umbrella. Yeah, so that they because like a business a, collective. Yeah, there's a certain yearn for for those things. I I feel like I can answer that somewhat quickly. All right. Okay. So yes. Like I wish Mr. Gaddy's was there. I wish that the uh, RC shop obviously I've got more business. Both of those are not sustainable in you know Amazon and those places are making. There's a way to protect them and say, okay, you won't be gazillion dollar profitable, but I want you to exist. If I was rich, I'd do that shit. The 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 thing with businesses is that is it ninety nine percent of all businesses fail, and I think. Okay. I think the majority of those people who fail in those businesses, it's not because their businesses were bad. It's they just weren't willing to do a lot of the shit that's needed to make a business successful. I see this okay. a ton in restaurants. They think that all you have to do is go cook food and oh, it's yeah, and that's that's all you need. Okay. And so right. if you were to stick a bunch of those business owners who have a high chance of failing anyway, you yeah. have a bunch of people with bad habits. And because okay. and then you get a bunch of people with bad habits. And then you just have an even bigger clusterfuck. All right. And so I think so that a lot of the solidarity. Yeah. And so I think enough? the big time business owners, they don't want to work with fucking anyone. The people who got it right, they're like, oh, okay. no, I'm, I'm good. Right. I'm, I'm good God with mine. Damn it, Sorry. All right. So like, I just want, I just want, I want there to be a way like to DevOps all the things. DevOps is this uh, yeah, kind of revolution in technology. This is pretty much about certain levels of cooperation. Yeah. Between um, uh, interrelated, interdependent mm-hmm. uh, work forces that typically don't cross communicate, developers, programmers, and operations engineers. 
the thick stuff. So it's like farm to table applied to. Thank you. Like I want to apply. Yeah, yeah, yes, right. It's very effective. It's changing everything. I just think it's America has reached diminishing returns on that same winner take all approach, and they're saying, "Oh, different forms of sophisticated cooperation are also very effective." And that's all it is. Mm. You don't move faster than you can all. It's like like uh, blockchain. The ledger is shared by everyone, and so you don't do a transaction until we all calculate and agree on the transaction. That's all it is. But I'm wondering, like, why, why we can't apply that to other stuff, man? I just feel like well, if we got all this AI and all this brain power and machines, can we calculate how to? But it's just me being selfish. I just I, want to I go think, to one place where all the cool shit's at. I think empowering. I think something that would go a long way for combating. What is really at our control is a symptom of a system that we've created and we feed into. Right. But I think it would go a long way if we focused on empowering the individual consumer and making the individual consumer as prepared to flip the bird to whoever, if they so choose. Oh, Meaning, like, okay, yeah. if you look back in, hell yeah, you're taking ni- it in a different direction, but absolutely. When well, you know, like the 1950s. I'd say the average household of motherfuckers uh, would look at, okay, they looking at some item that's in their house. So they have to do a risk assessment like on return, like, okay, can I fix this myself? If I can fix it myself, is it going to hold up? And if it does hold up, is it going to hold up long enough that it's not just worth more money for me to go to a specialist mm. and have them fix it or get a new thing? Yep. So, consumption supply and demand an element of that you had to appear the the consumer was not so helpless stepping into the scenario but everything has gotten so much more convoluted and spoon-fed to us like yeah you can't work on your vehicle no i can work on mine yeah but you can't work on yours and it's not because technology hasn't gotten to the point where it couldn't be more accessible Mm -hmm. to you there's Mm -hmm. no reason why they couldn't gear the technology of that shit such that it's easy for you to do no other than it doesn't serve the system. Yeah. It, it doesn't serve the system. So In I think fact, I'm supposed to only take it to there to maintain. There you go. Warranty. There you go. And they figured that shit out a long time ago. So making us as dependent upon the system, and this is coming from a socialist, mm-hmm. making us as dependent upon the system as fucking possible is an enormous part of the equation. And as long as that is part of the fucking equation, then we're not going to have any capital when it comes to combating these these large conglomerates because it yeah. is like Nestle and shit yeah. like Amazon is forcing all kinds of small businesses out. We won't have a leg to fucking stand on as far as that's concerned. Oh, and something I forgot to bring up earlier when we were talking about socialism and like um, forcing people to do stuff. And a homeboy said, "Are you comfortable with giving up sixty percent of your yeah. whatever?" That does that completely ignores the fact that uh, the cost of living would go down. Like, well, that's, com- that's completely. That's what happened because one of the yeah, things it, I told it, him you, was that even though, like, the cost of living has gone up and wages haven't moved, so what makes you think that the government is going to now start doing something that makes sense? Well, that's the thing is that the government, the government as it stands right now, is really just pageantry for big business. So when we say the Definitely. government. We, we're saying pageantry. We're saying the the public figures that are put out into this social arena by different agencies, they should be forced to wear emblems of all the different con- 
contributing lobbyists yeah. and mm-hmm. stuff that they they shake hands with. But really, it's it's they're indispensable from one or the other. And and honestly, my my viewpoint, I think you know, I've pretty much given up hope at this point. Like <laughs> I have, but I mean, I still fight the battle on the one to one. Like yeah, I'm yeah. still out here in these streets doing it. And I'm still arguing with people and trying to and lovingly argue with them. Like, look, I love you, but you your opinions are stupid and dangerous. <laughs> but all right, guys, well, we have. We've gone in depth about levels. I hope you guys found value in this one. Uh, I, I just want to say again, I'm glad that you're back, Chris. It's been a, a couple weeks, but it's good to have you back here. Um, 2020 is going to be fucking solid, I believe, for yeah, us. Yeah, we got We're, empty bowls coming up yeah, in February. Yeah, empty bowls coming in February. Um, there's going to be some great things that we're we're now especially after yesterday or last week's episode i think that that's going to kick off our presence in nashville we got some more people that we're going to be able to talk with um so guys be on the lookout we're going to be doing some cool shit in 2020 i'm probably gonna release another just small solo thing uh before the year ends just to have something there um, it's just so, going to be you crooning, isn't it? Probably, probably. Hopefully I have a voice by then. But Some Carvassier. Yeah, I'll be I'll be super lit. But Kalu, uh, Kalu was like, oh, do you like bourbon? I was like, no, absolutely not. <laughs> no. I, I was going to make you a hot toddy. Yeah, he though. was going to make me a hot toddy, which I appreciate, but I don't like bourbon. No. Well, guys. All right. You guys, enjoy your week. Kick all the ass. Thank you again for listening. If you have any sort of feedback, reach out to us at the Salumas Podcast on Instagram. Uh, hit us up on Facebook. Just type up the Salumas Podcast on there. Go to our website, www.thesalumas.com. We're also on YouTube, so you can now stream the episodes on there. Uh, eventually, we'll get to a point where we're actually video recording our, our videos or our episodes. But uh, yeah, we just got to get a camera. That's the big thing. Uh, but that's just one more other thing to manage. So. Um, I think we're doing fine where we are right now, but uh, maybe later on down the line you'll see that. But again, thank you all. Whoop all the ass. We are out. Peace. Bye.